Hello, this is Bill Lytell again with uh, some wisdom for your walk. These are just thoughts, uh, truths that I've learned through the years. I want to talk to you uh, about a subject about uh, not going back or the danger of going back. Uh, also, let me go to one of the favorite passages of Second uh, Peter chapter 2. Verses so, let's say, starting maybe verse 10, going down through verse 22. It speaks of there in Second Peter, obviously, I mean, really by the context, obviously of false prophets. The Bible says in verse 10, they walk chiefly after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness. They despise government, they're presumptuous, they're self-willed. They speak evil of dignities or of people in authority. Uh, whereas even angels, which are much greater than they, will not do that, verse 11. Uh, the Bible calls them in verse 12, natural brute beasts, uh, need to be taken, destroyed. They speak evil things they don't understand, and ultimately they'll utterly perish their own corruption. Uh, they, re- they receive the, re- the, re- re- the reward of unrighteousness. Uh, because they counter the pleasure to riot or to wick, live wickedly in the, in the daytime. They're not ashamed. They're spots, they're blemishes, uh, deceiving themselves even. And here's the crazy part. It says, while they feast with you. While they feast with you. Peter's describing a group of heinous people here. I mean, you'd have to say it spiritually speaking. These are heinous folks. And yet he says, these heinous people that I'm talking about, he springs it on you in verse 13. Uh, they're feasting with you. And while they're feasting with you, they got eyes full of adultery, verse 14. They can't cease from sin. Unstable souls. Exercising covetous. Cursed children. These people feast with you. It says they goes on to say they've forsaken the right way, gone astray. And here's an interesting label. They've uh, followed the way of Balaam. Balaam, you remember, uh, was asked by Balak to curse Israel. He never could. Uh, eventually, he was he was killed. Um, but he loved, it says, the Bible says here, he loved the wages of unrighteousness. There's a certain group of people that see the benefit of Christianity. In other words, there is an overt external benefit to Christianity, to the way of Christianity, to the way of following Christ, to the teachings and truths of the Word of God. Uh, Christians are a great group of people to live by. Christians are a great group of people to live around. Uh, they'll Usually, they'll not rob from you. They'll not uh, you know, try to take your woman. They'll not uh, hurt your children or abuse your, your children uh, when they're at their houses. Uh, I mean, if people are following the... Uh, uh, principles of the word of god they're, they're usually good neighbors good people to take care of your stuff if your animal breaks loose they'll bring it back to you and on and on or just they're, they're going by the principles of the, of the new testament but that does not make them christian in this particular case it's talking about a group of people who say they're christian evidently have some appearance of being christian but you just heard all what you described about them and they're they're feasting with you um he says their wells in verse seventeen. Their wells without water. Uh, they uh, 
to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever for them. Wow. So they're not saved. They never were saved and lost. A lot of times we see people that we believe to be Christian, uh, look like Christian, act like Christian, talk like Christian, walk like Christian in some way. Now remember, we're looking at externals. But ultimately, their, their nature is revealed like these people. And what is inside eventually comes outside. And they look uh, and begin to look like what they really are. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they are revealed as wicked. And we say, oh, John, he was a Christian for 25 years, but the last 10 years he turned into being evil. Uh, he, he never was a Christian. There's a lot of reasons why I say that. But according to the Word of God, you're birthed into the family of God, never to be taken out. A birth is not reversible. Uh, you my mother and dad would have gotten rid of me if they could have, probably during some of the time I was raised, but it's not reversible. So, uh, it's, and, and just on and on in the Bible, salvation is forever or it's not at all. God is not mocked. He's not fooled. He, he don't think you're saved, and then, oh, find out you're not saved. He knew Judas Iscariot wasn't saved from the beginning. But Judas looked, smelled, and acted. And in fact, Judas was one of these people who feasted with them. He ate the Last Supper with him. On and on it goes. It says, They speak great swelling words of vanity. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through wantonness. And they, uh, wow, they, they show themselves in the church. Oftentimes, they may be leadership in the church. They rise up to leadership. And uh, they promise liberty. Um, they themselves serve to corruption, but they promise liberty. That's your new evangelical. That's your uh, modern church today, which is simply promising the younger generation liberty. You don't have to go the way of these old fogies who got all kinds of restrictions, got all kinds of music restrictions, dress restrictions, behavior restrictions. Ah, oh, that's a bunch of old fogey stuff. You don't. You, we'll give you liberty. You can be. Act, do, say. You can drink wine. You can drink alcohol. It's no problem. Trying to con trying to control alcohol is like trying to control uh, heroin or trying to control cocaine or trying to control opiate. Nobody would dream about trying to control those three things I just mentioned. But yet people try vainly, if I may say, to control alcohol. I'll just drink a little. I just had somebody <laughs> yesterday tell me, that they had ruined their marriage because they had just drank a little, he and his wife, and they said stuff that when they were a little bit on that sauce, they say they said stuff that they shouldn't have said, and they've offended each other over a period of a long time, and the wife left. And the husband came and told me, he said, you know, I knew I could not control drinking. I just, you, you can't tame it. It's a wild beast that cannot be tamed, and don't try to do it, or you will be a fool and found out to be a fool. But anyway, said that they, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord. That means the way of Christianity will pull you away from the pollution, a lot of. Basically, the Bible warns us a lot about things not to do because they're harmful to you. And so by, by being familiar with the way of Christianity, you literally will be pulled away from a lot of the junk of the world, the pollutions of the world. By the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as it says there in verse 20. And then it says they're again entangled therein. They overcome later and is worse for them in the beginning. So they find out about the way of Christ. They don't get saved, but they like the way of Christ. They like Christianity. They hang around it. But in their, in their heart, in their soul, they're still evil, wicked, 
They haven't been born from above. They don't have that possess the Holy Spirit. But eventually after maybe 10, 12, 15, 20, I've seen 25, 30 years of this. And then all of a sudden they'll switch back to who they really are and go back to the world and get back entangled in full-blown, quit-going church, uh, deny Christianity, become an atheist or whatever, go back into the world. Now here's the verse 21 where we're going here. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn to the holy commandment delivered unto them. What? How could it ever be better to never have known the way of righteousness? You answer me that question. How could it ever have been better never to know the gospel? Never to know in the New Testament. It said in verse 22, the last verse of that chapter, but it happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dogs returned to his own vomit again, and the sow was washed with wallowing uh, in the mire. Now, folks, let me give you a stern warning right from the book. It had been better. They had not known the way of truth, the way of righteousness. That's because to whom much is given, much is required. The more you know of right, the more responsible you're going to be held to right. Some of you out there listening to me have been raised in Christian homes. You've been raised with mom and dads that loved you and brought you to church from the time you were old enough to go to the nursery. And you went from that to where you're at today. You've been going to church. been Basically, mom and dad have been pushing you towards the light. And maybe you, in some fashion, have accepted the light, the way of righteousness. I hope, God, to God, you haven't been one like one of these folks. Or you've accepted the way of righteousness, but not the person of righteousness. That's Jesus Christ. See, when you accept the person of righteousness, Jesus Christ, as then we say this, as your personal Savior and Lord, it's bigger than following a set of rules, a set of commands, a set of suggestions. It is wanting it is in your very soul of soul wanting to please the lord jesus christ in everything you think everything you say everywhere you go everything you do you want to please jesus that's what being born again really is it's it's being born from above it is uh it is a it is a massively massively different uh, than, than what uh, this form that I just mentioned to you uh, mentioned to you is. And let me let me read you another verse here. First Peter. I'm going to First Peter now, chapter four. I'm I'm done. <clears throat> For the time is come, the judgment, verse seventeen, must begin at the house of God. But if it first begin at us, what shall the end of those that obey not the gospel? And this is a verse that will knock your socks off. Verse 18, 1 Peter 4, 18, you look at it yourself. For the righteous scarcely be saved. Where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. By the way, that is one verse in verse 19 that has kept me in good stead for a long time. I go back to that over and over. But that verse, scarcely be saved. Listen. We are saved by God's grace. Grace plus nothing, minus nothing. And all that should come out of you and I is gratefulness for His grace. Man, He's poured His grace upon us. Let's be grateful. And gratitude produces service. 
It produces a spirit of thanksgiving. It produces zeal for the things of God. And man, you get excited. Listen, you don't have to artificially uh, pump yourself up to live for Jesus. If you're born from above and you realize what you've got and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you want to do God's. You get to do God's will. If you're pumping yourself up and every week, oh, I got to go to church again. God forbid. Go before God in prayer and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me and cleanse me and, and, and renew in me a right spirit and give me a clean heart like David said in Psalm 51. Pray Psalm 51. Man, and renew yourself again. But you don't want to be like these folks mentioned in the first part of this uh, podcast, the way of Balaam. Don't do it. I hope this helps you sums real brief, but man, it's meaty. It's meaty. May the Lord help you. Be consistent, be real, and God forbid, if you're one that has accepted the way of righteousness and not the person of righteousness, may you turn this off, get on your knees and say, Jesus, I'm not accepting a way of life. I'm accepting the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord right now. May the Lord bless you. This is Bill Lytell, Wisdom for Your Walk.